This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, don't be rude. Plus, Biz hates daylight savings. Teresa is Renee Colbert, and we talk to Sarah Bowen about how home cooking won't solve our problems. Woo! You're not Teresa! <laughs> I'm not! I am not! I'm you, Renee Colbert. That's right. And, and Teresa, so everybody knows, not only does she have a case of the pukes, uh. but two out of the three children in her house have the pukes. Which means eventually everybody's going to get everybody's going to get it. That's how that and works. And it's really the worst. When yeah, yeah. The pukes are the worst. Uh, bless her heart. But what's nice about it is that if somebody says the puke, you just everything yeah. is full. Like, of course, no. Nope, yeah, of course, uh, you have the we're going to take care of it. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. We're not even going to try to tell you to muscle through. Yo, just no. enjoy, have fun. No uh, one wants. <laughs> <laughs> muscling through the pukes. No, not at all, because you can't. You can't. That's no, the one yeah. thing you can't muscle Just through. Full on out. Uh, Renee, uh, how are you? It's been a long time since you have been in the booth with us co-hosting. Yes. And I am I'm a little happy that Teresa's got the pukes, because I get to visit with Renee. So yes. no guilt. Guilt-free. Teresa pukes. Just get better. How are you? Thank you. so. Well, one, so happy to be here. I got to say, it is so nice coming here because I get to see it. But one, the pressure is completely off oh, because yeah. it is impossible to fill Teresha's shoes. No. So you yeah. don't even try. Yeah, don't. Don't even have to worry about it. And then you were so good oh. at making anyone look good. That's so crazy. That I also don't have to worry about it. That's... I can just come in, show up, and have a good time. <laughs> Tell my children that because when they hit their teens, yes. they're going to feel the total opposite. <laughs> they're going to be like, mother, what is happening? Oh, my God, you're so embarrassing. Disagree. You're making me look bad. I will, but that one, I think that's a rite of passage. Well, I do too. I think, uh, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. of course. I, I want to say certainly not. That definitely won't happen. Oh, but, but I it will. do think, of course, it's what, that's a phase. It's the one of the perks yes. that I hope I get parenting. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. as it is right now, where are they at with like and mom at this point? They are Ellis. Cannot get enough of me. Of course. In the worst of ways. Sure. Of course. <laughs> so, not sure. We might wind up being a caricature of, like, <laughs> mother and son. Right. Brush my hair, Ellis. <laughs> Katie Bell, she's 10. She still likes me. Right. Sometimes I am embarrassing. Yes. But I do think a perk was the other day she had a friend over and she comes in and says, hey, remember when I told you about insert some sort of 10-year-old gossip? Sure. And the friend says, you told your mother? And she says, yeah, yeah. I pretty much tell her most of this. And I said, yeah, don't worry, friend. I have no one to tell. Nobody, Nobody's going to no care. One's, nobody's going to care. You guys, Whoever I tell wait is not going to Who likes somebody? <laughs> anyway, so Rest how assured. are you? How, where's Tugboat's not Good. here? Now, here's what I'm so excited. So we have etiquette on the horizon. Yes, we're going to talk about that. I'm curious to talk about that because I didn't bring Tug because I didn't want to make somebody else responsible for oh. him. And for listeners who didn't hear me the first time, I, uh, I do not have children. No. I do have a dog and I am getting... 
uncomfortably close at being that dog lady of genuinely feeling like this is my child. I'll run it by you and you can let me know if like, oh, we've we've tipped into being worried about you. Yeah. Okay. good. Well, Uh, everybody get ready for Twitter. Let us know. (laughs) know. Well, we'll just leave the opinion out there. Sure. Has Renee gone too far? Has it? Has it gone a bit too far? That Person. I think it could be. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because, one, in general, I'm good. I've got a, a full-time job these days, Woo! which has been so great. And I'm sure uh, this has come up a few times on your show that I'm not great at being alone. I, <laughs> I, get, uh, I get real bad. Uh, oh. <laughs> just by myself. Time to dress tugboat up exactly. again. <laughs> Brush my hair, Tugboat. If only you knew how close (laughs) close you are. Oh, that's fine. So so I was trying to freelance because, oh, the freedom you'll have. Mm. Oh, the creativity you can have by being a freelance writer. And uh, I tell you what, I was in therapy twice a week. I was on (laughs) antidepressants. It just wasn't going great for old Renee. So... I just <laughs> I'm laughing at you. <laughs> Deservedly so. Deservedly. I'm on my meds and I go to therapy, right. so that's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I just had like this calm, like quiet voice that was just like, I think we just need to socialize you. <laughs> I think if we just get you around people, you might be okay. So uh, so I sent myself off mm. into the workforce and mm. I tell you what, adult daycare is what I needed. Yeah. I just need to be properly socialized yes. on a daily basis. That's good. And it's uh, it's definitely like created other problems of now sure. most of my money goes to daycare for tugboat. I but... was going to say, yeah, <laughs> that was going to be the next question. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Goodbye, money. Exactly. Right. But in general, yeah, it's good. And I do think that, um, you know, that law of physics of like something in motion stays in motion uh, is true. If you're up and about, then you're going to do more things. Sure. Yeah. So in general, it's good. good. Theory. (laughs) Theory. It's a theory. It is a theory. It's certainly a theory. Is it a proven one? I know. Whatever. But yeah. So, uh, but uh, this week in in perfect uh, serendipity, Mm -hmm. I am taking a staycation uh, just because they were like, you you need to take a vacation. <laughs> You've <laughs> been here for eight months. You need to go. social now. <laughs> you are too socially adapted exactly. to our environment. Please go. Go away. Please not be here for a week. So. Uh, but it worked out great because now I get to I see know, you. I know, because you get to. Which is. Come and hang out. Perfect. Which brings me to. How are you? I, Give me the latest. I am very tired. I bet. I yeah. sometimes wonder, will I ever not be tired? Sure. And daylight savings happened may not impact dog life as much. No, actually, because Steve the cat, our yes. new cat Steve, was like, wake the fuck up and feed me. Yep. And Stefan's like, it's four o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm so sorry, Steve, because yes. your body thinks it's five. Yep. Right? Yeah. So I negate everything I just said about pet owners don't care about this. <laughs> no, so, it's very real. Yeah, it's yeah. very real. And so I remember in my 20s, I loved falling back. Because you got to party yes. an extra hour at midnight. Right. It was midnight again. <laughs> right? Like, you're like, we are out. Right? Sure. Yeah. Somehow that is a thing. Would be nice. Now, I don't even care about how my children adapt to right. the time change. It does mean they get up earlier, but they go to bed earlier. And so, like, that's fine. I just, like, yesterday I was like, I can't believe it's one. Right. I'm so tired. Yes. We should be already on the path to, like, end of day stuff. Right. Getting ready for and bed. Yes. This is lasting too long. Mm-hmm. And I 
Like, I have never been the person who's like, fucking daylight saving. But I was like, I fucking hate this you, daylight saving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that that was that made me kind of a grumpy person. <laughs> Fair. So I tried not to go out in the world yesterday because I didn't want to find myself being rude to others, which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk it about sure does. today. Yes. Which is <laughs> etiquette. Yes. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Renee. Yes. Like I said, I am anti-now. I will never say that people who have pets do not have similar experiences to people with children. Different, but very Incredibly different, yes. Because if your dog gets a case of the pukes, you're not as worried. I'll see you in a few hours, bud. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. That's just not on the couch. Right. Okay. Or that's fine. Yeah, Yeah, fine. Still, even that. Right. Doesn't, not the same. But I was thinking about the first time you were on here, we just we just literally compared uh, yes. parenting children and parenting dogs. Right. And that was a good time. I'd like to get deeper into it and talk about etiquette. Yes. And I'm just got. I'll just start with, do you think that there is like a blanket expectation for dog etiquette? I will just say briefly, I think when it comes to kid etiquette, people expect or assume right. that children will be polite when they come out of the womb. Right. Okay. Yes, so just like, naturally. That's the, how they come out. Right. Yeah. Two-year-olds, you right. know, calling, uh, pointing at a lady and saying she's pregnant. Right. And she's definitely not. <laughs> that ch- What have I done? How rude. How, how rude. very rude. How rude. Yes. So is there a blanket expectation... Like, do, like seen but not heard kind of, I don't know, yeah. Yes, yeah, I think so. You know what's so curious, and I bet it's the same among parents, <laughs> is that uh, fellow dog owners um, are a little bit more lenient with each other. Okay, yes. But um, especially in Los Angeles, dogs are basically allowed anywhere these days. And that is true. It's a curious thing of how well-behaved that dog needs to be. Mm. And, and <laughs> something that I am very, very guilty of is assuming that everybody would like to pet him. So <laughs> Everybody's happy course, this dog is in this why restaurant. Why would you? And frankly, you don't have to say thank you because I know you're thinking yeah. it. I know. That you were thinking, oh, please get this furry, dirty animal as close to my food as possible. Thank you so much for doing that to me. But I think it is sort of the thing that is expected among dog lovers is uh, let me pet you. Yeah. On my terms. Yeah. And then once we're done with that, be quiet and stay under the table. Right. And honestly, like, that's probably a good rule of thumb. I think that that's fair. But if he barks or if he gets excited or if another dog comes around and he does anything that isn't yeah. uh, adorable, then, uh, then then we've got some looks. Oh, sure. Yeah, you get the looks. Yeah. I'm going to just go back to the looks because I feel like the do you judge? Do you judge either? But because like I'm like, like I... <laughs> I know. Yes. I should not have taken my children to many restaurants sure. when they we don't we didn't have restaurant kids. Right. I got one who's a bit better and I've learned at, so we just didn't go. Yes. It wasn't like that important 
that we took them. Right. So right. we just ate in a lot. Yeah. We can have plain pasta here <laughs> for like $10 less. You know what? Look at that. We fixed we it. We fixed, fixed the system. It. That's yes. right. But when we did... I will say I was smug and like, look, when they were, when it was on, it was on. I was like, yeah. look how good my children mm-hmm. are being at their restaurant. Mm-hmm. What are they doing over there? <laughs> right? Like, yes. Or, or the other where I'm like, oh my God, why is that kid? Why are you able to enjoy right. being here at this five-star restaurant with your infant? Yes. I don't, I don't understand. Completely. Right? So yes. I assume... The dog thing is the same, right? Like, right. Like, my dog knows how to be at the restaurant. Thank you. Right. <laughs> yes. It is. It's the exact same thing. It's also uh, something that I'm curious of and could use advice is dogs in the workplace mm. is something that is That's uh, big right that's now. That's happening. And I just assume that everybody loves having them there. They yeah. love having a pet. Uh, if I have to, uh, <laughs> if I have to run down for an errand real quick, yeah. uh, I always take him with me. But other coworkers in the office uh, oh. are just like, "Well, Renee loves dogs. She'll take care of him for me." Oh, that'll also happen a few times with some kids that get yes. brought into the office. They're just like, you know, "Listen, Renee's Renee's got the same maturity I, level as these guys. Let him yeah. hang out for a bit." And that I'm curious of making it somebody else's responsibility just assumed is a curious thing that I'm like, well, maybe I'm wrong there because I am genuinely having fun watching your dogs and kids, but you didn't ask. But well, yeah, Yeah. because that's the assumption. I I remember (laughs) being at a restaurant once and it was early on. I don't even remember if I had Katie Bell. Right. Right. I bet we were at this restaurant and a kid wanders up. Right. To our table from nowhere. Yes. And I I will talk to children. So I'm talking and the kid has decided to just stay. Right. And I would have I would have gone mm-hmm. to get my child. Yes. And brought them back. Yes. But the couple didn't. Uh-huh. And now <laughs> as a parent, I'm like, I get it. I, like, I get sure. it. Exactly. It's five it. seconds to rest for it. you. Yes. I, yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. Your child is safe somewhere in this restaurant. Yeah. I will feed your child. Right. But like simultaneously, I was like, is that okay? Like what? So I, it's very similar yeah. to the like, you'll watch our dog and child right. and not get any work done. Yes. Or enjoy your dinner. Right. So yeah, that's okay. What is the biggest sin? Yes. Like I, I will say... The one that like shocks me the most when my kid has done it, and I was like, I didn't expect my kid to do okay, that. Okay, all Not right. My well, perfect job. And yeah. that was the time that Ellis just like went up to another kid and shoved that kid down. Oh, and boy. it was, oh, yeah. yeah. And he was like, two. And the yes. other kid was like, one. And it was totally like a thing of, okay, we're, he clearly is experimenting. Right. Had somebody experimented on my child, yes, I would have shown them a lot of experiments. <laughs> Right, I would have been like, "You're getting ready to go to school, right, small child?" Yes, uh, exactly. But, <laughs> but like, I remember I was so shocked, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And Alice, like, I didn't even know how to like. Was I supposed to apologize? Am I supposed to make this two year old? Yeah, apologize. Am I? Is this a learning moment? Right. Like, what the fuck is supposed to happen? So, is there like? Like the yeah, what's that? Yeah, for God, dogs? that is such a good question because I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, something that Tugboat has recently started doing uh, again. That's my dog, and how yeah. dare I compare? It's not the same, but <laughs> for right. this show, it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he will let somebody pet him for a bit and then starts barking at him. 
And it is usually his accelerating to like, and now we play. Yeah. Uh, But it's just, it's so much. And there's usually, uh, understandably, a jump back. Sure. uh, And and a little bit of like, oh, that was was too much. And I think it is a, a curious thing of, well, I don't know if I can train that out of him. Maybe I can. What what allowance should other people have of right. like, this is not something I have complete control, control over? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, certainly lots of parents feel that way. Yes. Where it's like, I don't need to, you know, train this out. You right. be who you want to be, baby. <laughs> you be who you want to be. Certainly. That's right. Yes. Somebody, as we say in my family, somebody's got to be the boss. Thank you. Right? Like, exactly. That's but, just how it's going to have to go. Right. But... <laughs> That can't always be the case. Yeah, I I guess it's that, like, how do I train them? Right. How do I, because it's training. Yep. Or teaching. Or teaching. Or loving. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But you are trying to get a certain behavior out of whatever is walking around and is shorter than you in your house. Yes. So it's like, (laughs) it's like, I grew up in the South, and so it was a lot of ma'am and sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how that got into me, but I said it to everyone. Of course. And whenever we go home, I certainly say to the kids, it's yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You know, I try to get them to do that. Right. And that's a whole other side story as to why, and like a responsibility in adults, and like who's got blah, 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 blah. Yes. Um, (laughs) If you're in an emergency situation, I am not your friend. Yeah. I am an adult. (laughs) So come to me. Come, please. So, but whenever we go home to Alabama, I mean, kids are like, Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like early. Sure. And I'm thinking, how are you doing that? Yeah. Like, is there a threat? <laughs> yeah. There a threat. Is there yelling? Is there no TV? Is there timeouts? Is it just repetition? Probably. How do you train? How do you train your dog, Renee? Yeah. That's an excellent question. <laughs> I wish that I knew. And I think it's also a curious thing of, I keep saying cur- curious because I have no answers. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I am sort of conflicted on he's so funny and he's got such a hilarious little personality that I am worried that if I make everything he doesn't get to do anything without me giving him permission that we're going to knock out that funny personality. Yeah. And so I... You have a kid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to squash their souls. (laughs) Right. So... Um, and the things that he does are, like, uh, as we're talking about yeah. uh, daylight savings time this morning, uh, the way that he wakes me up in the morning, and without exaggeration, uh, he sits on my head oh, and yeah. wags his tail into my face. Nice. And it's hysterical. Yes. And I know that that is him asserting dominance. That it is him saying, <laughs> I'm the leader of the pack. Yeah. I'm going to wake up the subordinates. Yes. And they will now walk me. Right. But it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm resistant to change like, it. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, I am certain that if uh, that if I did control every element of yeah. his life, but then I'm gonna miss out on the stuff that like genuinely brings me so much joy, and that's selfish. But well, that's my choice. But I'm making. I think that goes back to the very beginning where it was like when you're with other dog people, yes, and when you're with other parents, right, and within those communities, yeah, that does not mean that. Everybody agrees on what the baseline of, I will say, etiquette right. uh, is. Yeah. You know, I certainly have been on playdates or at the park, and there is a clear difference on what we think is okay. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 
not okay or absolutely okay. Right. And I I am sure that is true. Right. With the dogs. I've been to dog parks. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. So it goes back to, do we just have to isolate ourselves <laughs> with people who think exactly like we mm-hmm. do and like Lord of the Flies it? Or, right. or how much freedom should our kids or dogs yes. have? Right. To be themselves. To be themselves. Exactly. And when I, because I certainly have had that, uh, be it kids or be it animals that I think are misbehaving, that I think should be controlled. So I guess it's like, well, why do you think that? And so if we go to like worst case scenario, what do you think will happen? Right. And I think if the worst case isn't, I think they're harming others. Yes. Then maybe ultimately I should lighten up a bit and just be like, okay, it's just I would do it differently. Yeah. But that's really the only problem that's happening here is that. I would do it differently. Yeah. Or I just don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, sometimes, you know, like we forget that we are people. Yeah. And that it's like, well, I don't like that. Yeah. Like my kids really like touching me. Yes. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not my favorite. Not my favorite. Right. But I will allow them because they are my children. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. but like, we'll be out and, you know, some kids play, you know, more aggressively. Some play less aggressive. Lots of times I'm like, oh man, I wouldn't let my kid do that. Yeah. But my kid's not that kid. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. and it's fine. It right. doesn't, yeah, that was an adjustment period. And I, yeah, I can see that with the, with the, as long as no one's hurting. Right. That it's fine. Yes. But all that said, do you ever feel like, what are they doing? Oh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Certainly. It's not okay for me know. to say that about parents, but it's fine for you to say that about <laughs> dog owners. So go for it. Let me live vicariously Let through your it. judgment. Exactly. And I think in a weak, very teeny tiny defense of misbehavior is yeah. that I know, just because I've had Tugboat for two and a half years yeah. now, uh, and I can see how this could be argued, but I know that he will never attack a person right. or another dog. Like he just... Hasn't. He's been yeah. in scenarios with which it was probably appropriate to yeah. do so. Yeah. Uh, he just goes goes belly up. Yeah. I just know him. I know that that's, uh, that's his way. And so in very weak defense of these other <laughs> dog owners, maybe they also know their dogs that well. Yes. Maybe they also know this thing that you're worried that is going to escalate to, he's not capable of. Not he will do not it. be doing that. That said, yes, if they're growling that much, let's go yeah. ahead and bring them all back. <laughs> Go ahead and put that leash on them. Everybody back to your leashes, which is pretty much what I constantly yell at playground. (laughs) Everybody put your kid back on the leash. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. Casper has mattresses that they offer like the Wave, the Essential, and the Hybrid. And it comes to you in a box. One less thing you have to figure out how to schlep your kids out to go get and then to try and get home. And fun box for kids. Casper also offers a wide array of other products like pillows and sheets to ensure an overall better sleep experience. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial and hassle-free returns if you're not completely satisfied. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com 
slash badmother and using badmother at checkout. That's casper.com slash badmother and using badmother at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Renee. Yes. Genius name. Genius time. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. So, uh, Halloween just happened. It did. It's time to dress our dogs up in costumes. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? Slutty so, dog costume. Right. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Why didn't I go that direction? Yeah, I don't I know. Why didn't you? Should have gone that direction. <laughs> um, so, uh, so my genius. First off, Tugboat's best friend is uh, Jesse Thorne, of okay. course, original. He has acquired a new best friend, Paul F. Tompkins. Uh, he sees Paul a little bit more, mm-hmm. so he went as Paul for Halloween. This genius got an old Batman costume, oh. put on a nice suit on top of the Batman costume. I tell oh. you what. It, it should have won awards. Yeah. What a hit. Yeah. What a hit it was. So I felt like a, a genius uh-huh. for making it work. Yes. So I'm a genius. Yes. And I've created a brilliant costume for my dog. What a hit. You've done an amazing Thank you. job. Thank you. Thank Your you. dog Thank you. will have memories of that forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Katie Bell, we're in this phase where yes. every person I know gets to do X. <laughs> and that's not true. It's about three people get to go online and play this internet game that is a hit right now. Okay. And it's not like even like, we're not talking Minecraft or whatever that other one is. It's just, it's like some create your own game thing. Okay. I don't know. Okay. It's not going to crush her socially for the rest of her life. Sure. But we said we will look into it yes. and we will come back with an answer. Great. So the we looked into it, and I will say, admittedly, that I'm a little like, whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> eh, fine. Stefan yeah. was like, no. Okay. And I, and, and for various reasons. Okay. One, you don't have to be a member to chat with other people. It's not necessarily geared for kids. Okay. It's just something kids can do. And eventually, there's a lot of pay action that starts to happen. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of chatting. Just and we're just not stuff. into the chatting, right? Yet. I'm also I don't want to take too much yeah. of a derail, but the the fact that that was handled so well of just like you know what we're going to consider it yeah. and we'll get back to you. So I that's already a according genius. to me yes. genius. Yes. So I said to Devin, okay, let's we'll tell her. I'll tell her. Like, no, 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 no. We need to do this together. Okay. Because we're setting the bar right that we are a united front. Yes. When it comes to crushing her. Right. <laughs> And so not letting her do whatever she wants to do. Right. So, But it was like that moment of we're having that conversation where she's like, why? Everybody else gets to. And we're saying, we understand that. Yeah. And we're not saying you can't play games. I'd rather go out and spend like 60 bucks on a video game. Right. Then this garbage. I was like, Stefan, just stop trying to call it garbage. But like, it's garbage. <laughs> it's not great. On yeah. the internet. Yes. Right? Exactly. So we crushed her. Uh-huh. It was really one of our first real crushings. Okay. And I feel pretty good about it. That's a girl. Thank Proud of you. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> Very good genius. <laughs> You're damn right. I'm doing a great job. I'm calling with a genius. Today, 
I made a recipe that I've had my eye on for quite some time. It was difficult, but I managed it. And three-fourths of my family enjoyed it, including my husband, who usually doesn't like anything with vinegar in it. There was like a flaw. He tried it, and he liked it. And then tonight, I made cookies, and I froze the dough in little individual servings. So now I can have cookies whenever I want a cookie. And you may think to yourself, why is she saying I? Because these are my cookies. I'm not sharing these cookies. They're for me. I'm doing a great job. And so are you. Have a good day. You are doing such, such a, a great, great job. job. I am so impressed. Yeah, you can't share that at a cocktail party. You certainly can't. People will think you've lost your mind and are sad. <laughs> but we think, look, Renee doesn't think that you're sad and she has no children. Nope. That, I think this is genius. <laughs> I love you. And I love that you now have a freezer full of cookies just for you. Yeah. I think you should pipe in some icing on there. Mm. Fuck off. <laughs> or mom's cookie. Or resentment. That way every night you can have a little bite of resentment. Um, you're doing a great job. So good. I'm so impressed. Failures. Okay. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Renee. Sure. So uh, to continue on, so listen, the costume got made. Listen, there. That's fine. Uh, and then I took a tugboat into work on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, just so many snacks. Just yeah. everybody. It's trick or treat for Tug. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so much food. He ate so much food, none of which I know what it actually sure. was. And we, uh, speaking of Teresa's pukes, oh boy, oh. did we have a weekend. <laughs> Everything just coming out. Everything from uh, (laughs) north and south. Just having uh, a real time. And there is the the like ninety nine percent sure. Like, well, yeah, he just ate junk all All, day long. Yes, of course this was going to happen. But you've got that terror of just like, but you're okay, right? Like you're going to bounce back. Like you're going to eat. We don't have to take you to the vet. So, uh, so it was failure for about twenty four hours after that. That is no good. And uh, again. The one slight difference is you can't then turn to Tugboat and say, have you learned your lesson? Sure. Right? Like next year, Tugboat's going to possibly, if offered the opportunity, do it again tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And maybe as the month, because everyone, I will say everyone at work is very great to be like, oh, can I give him a little? Because we had pizza at work. So everybody's like, Uh, can I give him a little bite? And I said yes to everyone. Everybody. (laughs) And I probably shouldn't have said (laughs) yes to everybody. All pizza. He basically had an entire pizza. Pretty much. Yes. I love it. So Yes, what's your fail? Well, Katie Bell asked us about that website like two months ago. Okay. And we just never looked into it. And it was like one of those things where it was like, she'd be like, have you made a decision? And I would be like, about what? (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Your father's still looking. (laughs) Yes. Put it off on him. Your father's still looking. Mm -hmm. And then we would go through, a week would pass. Yes. Have you looked? No, no, and I, I will. Like, I do feel a little bad. We could have broken her spirit so much earlier, and we did it. And it really was like it did read like we don't really give two shits about these things <laughs> yes. that you care about. And I apologize, right? So that was 
wasn't the best parenting. Took a second. And I know that we have to label it as a fail. So I will hop yeah, on oh, your fail train. Fail. However, I will say for me, uh, if I'm waiting for a job or I'm waiting yeah. for something, you let her hold on to hope. Oh, sure. So it's, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> it's a little bit of a life <laughs> exactly. lesson. Exactly. Oh, hold on for hope. Hold Actually, on for it. There we go. Because yeah, so it's never going to come. Maybe you prolonged her hope <laughs> and she was happier longer than she was going to be sad. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to play out poorly in her adult <laughs> life. <sighs> Hi, ladies. This is a fail. This morning when my new preschooler was getting ready for school, we're only a few weeks in, he started putting his clothes on and then said, oh, no, wait, today is pajama day. And I hadn't heard that it was pajama day, so I went and checked his backpack, and there wasn't a note, and I checked Bloom's, but there wasn't a note from the teacher there. His brother had pajama day yesterday, so I thought he was trying to pull a fast one on me, so I told him, no, no, it is not pajama day. You need to wear your clothes. Well, we got to school, and the first person I see is another little friend from his class in pajamas. So I didn't let him wear his pajamas to pajama day. But wait, it gets worse. I'm also a teacher at that school, so during the morning announcements, I heard the principal wish him a happy birthday. And I smirked and said, it's not his birthday. His birthday is tomorrow. (laughs) But then I remembered his birthday is today. It's not like I forgot this morning that his birthday was today. I literally thought his birthday was a different date. I was saying, his birthday's not the third, it's the fourth. But it's not the fourth. It's actually the third. For months, I have been planning to bring him something on the fourth, but that's not his birthday. His birthday is today. I forgot my child's birthday. He didn't have cupcakes. He didn't have anything in his class because I forgot what his birthday was. So instead of eating lunch today between my classes, I drove to the grocery store and bought cupcakes so that he could have some cupcakes on his birthday which I forgot. I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job today, (laughs) but maybe tomorrow will be better. Thanks. Bye. It'll be better tomorrow on his birthday. Of course it will. (laughs) On his actual actual birthday. birthday. (laughs) That's right. I, you are, you're doing clearly a horrible job. (laughs) And I, I will admit everybody, the cursed pajama day that you're, you're not the first. Yeah. We've played many calls. About pajama day. People not showing up. In fact, I sent Ellis to school on pajamas on a day that wasn't pajama day. Yeah. And it had happened a whole week before. <laughs> so I like I get I was like, oh that's right. well, you're gonna be comfortable. Yeah, I'll well, give you that. I know. No, you're gonna shame change into clothes that are in your your cubby. But the the birthday failure, I am impressed that you didn't just panic and like Tell the principal that they, you get back on the PA right now <laughs> and you turn this around. It is not his birthday. I tell him, you that, tell him it's not it's his your birthday. fault, not mine. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, uh, that Woo! story was so good. I was crying through it. It was so good. But I will have to say yes. that uh, Silver Linings, I love him so much. I know that's not the point of fails, but <laughs> I think usually the worst birthday of your life uh-huh. is like in your 20s or yes. your 30s and just people disappoint you and they yes. upset. He got it out of the way. Got Worst it out of the way now. Easy peasy. That's right. When you turn four. That's right. Nice. You can. <laughs> and again, that birthday 
can be any fucking day you say <laughs> exactly, it is. Exactly. You are the parent. Exactly. Well, you're doing a horrible job. <laughs> oh, well. Eh, he's not going to remember your no, birthday. Of course not. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And it sounds like the recovery was perfect. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Mathnasium. Math. It's one of the most critical subjects our kids learn, and turns out one of the hardest things for me to try and help my kids with. (laughs) New math? I can't even remember how to do the old math. And with the big class sizes, even the best math teachers can't give the personalized attention to each student's needs. So, with face-to-face instruction and over 1,000 franchise locations worldwide, Mathnasium is the authority on math education for grades 2 through 12. It's like math camp! Katie Bell did it this summer, and she was able to go into fifth grade much stronger and has actually had a really successful time with math, I think, as a result of using Mathnasium. Help your kids make sense of math. Contact Mathnasium today. Show your support for our podcast by using our special URL and phone number just for our listeners. You can go to mathnasium.com OBM or call 855-354-MATH. That's mathnasium.com OBM or call 855-354-MATH. Renee, this week we are calling Sarah Bowen, who is an associate professor of sociology at North Carolina State University. Her work focuses on food systems and inequality in the United States, Mexico, and France. She is co-author of the new book, Pressure Cooker, Why Home Cooking Won't Solve All Our Problems and What We Could Do About It. And she previously authored Divided Spirits, Tequila, Mezcal, and the Politics of Production. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. (laughs) So nice to have you. I would like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? Yeah, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I live with my husband, Mark, and we have two kids. Simon is eight and a half and Anna is six and a half. Ooh, that is fun. I'll ask, are there any pets? No, we don't have any pets. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, are sad about it. (laughs) I bet. I bet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Eight and a half and six and a half. I am going to eventually probably have to ask you how they relate to feeding and eating and dinner. But I want to first just talk a little bit about the book. You wrote Pressure Cooker with Jocelyn Brenton and Seneca Elliott. And the book is based on extensive interviews and field research in the homes and kitchens of a diverse group of families, despite what television commercials want us to think. And like we basically have this narrative in America that goes like sitting down for a healthy home-cooked meal will solve everything. We are doing a great job as parents. Can you talk a little bit about how the three of you got together to write this and why, why, why did you want to look into this? Yeah, so this is part of a bigger, a a big five-year study. It started in 2012 and it was with um, mostly poor and working class families in North Carolina about 
how they fed their families and the things that went into that. And so we saw these messages that said that, you know, we can solve all of the problems with the food system by getting back into the kitchen and thinking really carefully about what we cook and eat. But most people hadn't actually asked uh, families, you know, how are they doing that? What makes it easier? What makes it harder? I, I do not mean to laugh, but I find myself laughing more and more when we talk to our guest that the crux of the problem seems to be no one no asked. One asked. <laughs> Everybody, somebody just said, this is good and how it should work. We did one study, or I remember this. And I, so whenever I hear a guest say, no one asked. No one asked. I'm like, of course no one asked. That's, we should always start there. Sorry, continue. Yeah, so people, I feel like there's this message like, you can do better. Like, we're just, we just aren't making time for cooking and we can do it. But we wanted to ask people. And so Seneca and I and another colleague, Annie, were running this big research project and at NC State, Seneca used to be at NC State. She's now at the University of British Columbia. And Jocelyn, at the time, was a graduate student on that project. And so she also interviewed 30 middle-class moms so that we had that perspective, too. So we asked lots of families what it's like to cook, what kind of rules did they have around food um, and eating, who does the cooking. And then we also did observations with 12 families. And so we went grocery shopping, we went to school lunches, we were there at dinner time and while people were making dinner. And so the book is organized um, around those stories and in particular around the stories of nine families in and around Raleigh. Yeah, it's really fascinating that you were the observation part. Like I just, like when I have somebody observing, I tend to create many lies to to insinuate that I've got this. I mean, I'm pretty sure that like most of parenting is creating the facade that I've really got this. And so I guess I, I want to ask to kind of start off with what was that experience like for for you guys and the team that was doing the observing? How do you how do you go into that without what is the word I'm looking for without it? Like, you know, making sure you're getting an honest representation of what's happening. Well, I think that's that's one of the reasons we wanted to do the observations in addition to the interviews. I think you can learn something from interviews, but you know, when people when people are doing an interview, they kind of talk about how things go when things are going really well, like on a good day. Yeah. Like, yeah, we all sit down for dinner and we do this and we do that. <laughs> but really, like those days are relatively rare that everything works out just <laughs> right. Fair. Sure. So then, so we wanted to do the observations to see what it was like on a regular day. And I think there were, you know, there were a few cases of people who later said, like, you know, we made dinner at that time because we knew you were there and you probably wanted to see us make dinner. So yeah. we decided we're going to eat. But for the most part, we did these over a month, at least a month with each family. We were there 10 to 12 times with each of the families. And we were there for long periods of time. So... I think they really did get used to us. We had just a few people doing the observations with each family, so they were really getting to know us. And, you know, we saw different things, too. We went grocery shopping, and that was, you know, so that was really what people were buying for the month. And we watched people have these debates over, you know, should I buy that? Can I afford that? Mm -hmm. We saw lots of bites over food, uh, you know, lots of complaining <laughs> yeah. kids, lots of people getting fed up. It definitely wasn't. <laughs> These were not all 
they were not even mostly rosy dinners. We saw lots of food fights. <laughs> not, e- that's not even mostly. That's, yeah. that's the name for the follow-up book to this. <laughs> not even mostly rosy dinners. Well, let's actually take a step back. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the family dinner time in America? Yeah, we have this idea, and I think that the kind of foodie dinner is a moral imperative really strengthened this idea, but I think there's this idea that we used to cook this way and now we've lost it, but really how we think of dinner and how we eat dinner has changed over time. And so up until the Industrial Revolution, um, you know, there wasn't this idea of a lot of people were in farm families and they ate the big meal in the middle of the day. And the idea of having a big meal at the end of the day was, you know, relatively new and it was something that happened as more people started working outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And something I thought was fascinating when we were looking at some of the historical books on this is that there was all of this hand-wringing over that, too, and people saying, like, we found something where someone said, like, if women don't have to make dinner until the end of the day, they're just going to sit around and, like, twiddle their thumbs and give way to idleness. So (laughs) Idleness. Don't let those women be idle, guys. (laughs) Wow, Mama's brewing up poison again. I mean, her homemade beer kit in Nevada. Yeah, wow. Everything was... I also laugh because I constantly find when we're talking with people that the history usually is women need to be doing X, Y, or Z. Else the devil will get them. (laughs) Um, All right, continue. Yes, so thank God for big, huge, gigantic fucking meals in the middle of the day. (laughs) Exactly. So then, uh, so there was all of this stress over that, but over time, like dinner became, it became more significant, especially as people started going outside the home. So it it became this idea that, you know, this is where you're going to come together at the end of the day. And also that coincided with, it became like sort of the place where you are going to translate um, the lessons of of your social class and how to behave and things like that. Mm, So dinner over time acquired this, this moral status, but that, that is relatively recent. And then of course, in the, when people are talking about how we used to eat, they're often talking about the 1950s or 1960s, (laughs) but even that was sort of a blip. Like that was really a relatively short period of time where, where there were a lot of people, you know, at home, kind of embodying this housewife um, mentality. And there were lots of families, especially non-white families, that, that were not doing that then either. So so the idea that we used to go this way and now we've totally lost it, it's just, it's it's not really accurate. Yeah, well, the, the message, though, that we get from Father Knows Best and the Brady Bunch and every single commercial is that, that we've had since those things became readily available to show us you know, uh, coming out of the 50s and 60s, you know, is that the only people <laughs> eating dinner are white people. And, <laughs> sorry. And then also the, that uh, that this family meal is so important and you need to buy X, Y, and Z. And it's like the Pottery Barn catalog, you know, in the sense of if everything in my room was white right. uh, and my kids had matching bed sets, they would be good kids. There we go. And I, I wouldn't have to do so much. All right. So between the stories of of real people trying to feed their children, you've included, quote, you went you went and explored chefs and psychologists and food activists and a lot more talking about their philosophies on food and eating. I 
it's such a good like juxtaposition to to sort of what the family perceptions are. So can you talk a little bit about that? So when we we were figuring out how to organize the book and we decided to organize it around these seven foodie messages. So things like make time for cooking or um, the family that eats together, you know, stays together. Yep. These kind of ideas that suggest um, that, yes, how we how we cook and how we feed our, our families is, you know, going to solve all of these problems. <laughs> and, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and I think it's totally, well, and our book is called Pressure Cooker, yeah, right? right? And it, because really the underlying message under all of those is this pressure that is on families, um, but it's really just on moms. Like yeah, people say no. families need to do this, but they really mean moms, moms. get it together. Right. Yeah. And that means like, what you cook, you know, it has to be, not only do you have to cook at home, but it has to be homemade and from scratch, and it can't be the same thing all the time. You need to eat <laughs> right. it happily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids need to be there sitting at the table. Um, you know, it's a lot of pressure both on what you cook, but also what dinner looks like, and yeah. it never actually looks like that. Nope. Right. Nope. Hot dog and a strawberry. Yeah. Dinner! <laughs> 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 the quotes... And the images that we've already talked about and have already sort of openly mocked and laughed about <laughs> is uh, there is definitely one voice, and it is middle class, and it's white. And one troubling perception that's out there, and we found this to be true when it comes to talking about parenting in general, is that people in poverty are making bad food choices. You know, they also... It it just a lot of bias <laughs> when it comes to how we look at people uh, and and uh, that aren't represented constantly in the media. So, can you talk a little bit about what you guys observed? Yeah. So, when we hear this idea that you know we need to cook more and that's going to solve a lot of the problems, I feel like that is directed to women, but it's especially directed to poor women. Mm-hmm. It's this idea like oh, if people would stop going to McDonald's and just start cooking at home, and sometimes this is actually said, like, explicitly, sometimes it's just implied, then we wouldn't have um, food insecurity and the kind of food inequality that we have in the United States. And so something that I think a lot of people don't know but is really important as background to our book is that poor families cook more than middle-class families, and they eat out less, and that was true of the poor and working class families that we interviewed too, like most of them were cooking at home almost every night Mm. because even the dollar menu at McDonald's is more expensive than, you know, a box of box mac and cheese or something like that. So they were cooking at home, but they weren't, um, they weren't cooking in the foodie way. And that was for (laughs) lots of reasons, money being the biggest one, but also time and other things. And so I think, I think that is, it's really important because, Poor moms have to face the pressure that all moms feel around food, but also this additional blame that comes with being poor and and feeding kids in that context. Right. When you got started on this research, did you did you find that what your sort of preconceived ideas about what you would find did those hold true throughout uh, all the research in the book, or? Did you take away something new or were you surprised by anything? What did, what did you personally get out of working on this? 
you know, we expected that food would matter to people because, of course, food matters to people. Like, (laughs) you have to eat it every day, and (laughs) it's one of the big things you have to deal with. But it mattered a lot to people, and this is, like, across the income spectrum. It was across the interviews. Just people really did care about dinner. They were working really hard. They were Mm. thinking very hard about it. So that was surprising in a way that it mattered so much to so many people. I think the other thing that was surprising is how many people felt like, you know, even though it matters so much, even though they're putting all of this, they're failing. And this was true for people (laughs) that were investing a ton of money and time into food, you know, like this one middle-class mom that Jocelyn interviewed, and she, she wanted to have two meals a day with her family. So they had to have family breakfast and dinner. And then she made like sushi to send with her kid to lunch. Like even that mom who was super (laughs) invested, totally buying into all of it. She felt like she was failing. Yeah, I'm sure. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't work. You know, she felt like it was worth it. Like, because she really bought into like, this is how we're going to solve the the problems with the food system. But then like, as she kept talking about it, she just seemed sort of defeated Yeah, um, because it's never enough. And so mm. across the, across the interviews, I feel like those two things came, came through. Besides takeout, what do you think would help us feel less stressed <laughs> out? <laughs> I mean, just flushing the whole thing down, you know, the drain. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, is it how do we how do we take some of the pressure off? Did you have you solved our problems? Have you solved our problems? <laughs> uh, I mean, takeout is not bad. It's true, honestly, that could be have, the solution. We have, and we do have more options than we had. You know, this we started this in 2012. We have a lot more options mm. if you can afford it, right. um, which matters that a lot of the families in our city definitely couldn't afford any of the options, but you can, in a lot of places, you know, you can have your groceries delivered. You can do all these meal kits. You can do all sorts of things. I think what makes me feel better is that dinner in and of itself is not going to cause or prevent families (laughs) from being happy or healthy. Like it, there is research that shows that there's some, that if you eat more meals, especially at home, that your meals tend to be healthier if you have enough money, which is a lot of caveats, like just the, but, but that's, that's still just sort of aggregate statistics. And a lot of the things we hear about, like how, I don't know, kids who don't eat with their families, they're going to, they're going to have all these problems. They're going to do bad in school. They're going to do this. A lot of those, (laughs) like once you pull it apart, there's really not that much there. Mm. So I think, you know, it's probably going to be fine. And it's an aggregate kind of thing. Like you need kids and families need to find some time to spend time together, but it doesn't have to be at dinner. It definitely doesn't have to be every day at dinner. Yeah. It definitely isn't bad if dinner is terrible. Half, you know, if everyone stomps <laughs> off. <laughs> it's just like, I know that you probably were meaning temperament, but I like the idea of just like, this is the <laughs> shittiest dinner I've ever made. There you go. And like, Gather round. <laughs> sit out. It is it. sometimes. Oh, it is. Oh, trust me. Yeah. According to my five-year-old, it is <laughs> the worst thing I could ever do. But I just gave up years ago and was like, I'll make three different things because two of those things is just salami and fruit on a plate. I'm good. I'm <laughs> we good. can work with that. I, I can work with that. No more yelling at the table. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think it's, 
when I saw, I think I came across this book, uh, uh, maybe in the Times or, or somewhere I'd seen it when it was first coming out. And I remember getting so excited about it because I was like, just the title of this book takes a giant weight off of my shoulders, uh, like an emotional weight off my shoulders. And uh, I got to assume that's probably one of the biggest takeaways for a lot of people who read it is, oh, I'm normal. It's okay. So, so <laughs> totally. I, I just want to say thank you and the whole <laughs> team who put this together. I, facts and science are great. Uh, <laughs> they, they help. They mean so much more to me than commercials. Uh, this, despite I don't get inundated with, sadly, science and facts as much as I do commercials. <laughs> thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us and for doing the work uh, surrounding this book and, and putting this book together with Jocelyn and Seneca. Thank you so much. And we'll make sure we link everybody up to where they can get a copy of it as well as uh, other resources. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Bye. If you're looking for a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network? It won Best Comedy at the British Podcast Awards in 2017 and 2018. Also, I There were no horses in this country until the the mid to late 60s. Specialist bovine arse vet. Both of his eyes are squid's eyes. Yogurt buffet. She was married to a bacon farmer who saved her life. Farm-raised snow leopard. Download it today. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast from MaximumFun.org. Also, maybe start at episode one or, weirdly, episode 36, which for some reason requires no knowledge of the rest of the show. You wept as we crafted the tragic tale of Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Dude, like he forgives Darth Vader. Lisa <laughs> still love you, Annie. Yeah. <laughs> you gasped out loud at the shocking twists of Face Off 2. Face is wild. He takes his kid's face. What? <laughs> We're writing an entire screenplay week by week on Storybricks Season 2, Heaven Heist. Hey folks, Freddie Wong here with some exciting news about Story Break, the writer's room podcast where three Hollywood professionals have one hour to spin cinematic gold. We're shaking up our format by turning Heaven Heist, one of our favorite ideas we've ever come up with on the show, into a full screenplay. Heaven Heist is an action comedy about a crew of misfit gangsters robbing the celestial bank of heaven. Think of Coco meets Point Break. Join us as we write this crazy movie scene by scene and get an inside look at the screenwriting process on our podcast Story Break every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Well... I'm hungry for more science. Yes. <laughs> I just Always. Think, I got to tell you, I, uh, is there that kind of pressure uh, as a pet parent? Oh, God, yes. Because now the new thing that I see everywhere is they're supposed to be eating, quote unquote, real right. food. Yes. But that does not mean go get a chicken from the store. That means buy right. real food. Yes. And I don't have a dog, but I'm confused about what I should be feeding right. my dog and Whatever that is represents if I'm a good human or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that exactly. Uh, I guess I can say uh, anecdotally it's yeah. probably not. 
pizza. Probably not okay, an entire enough. pizza is probably not what you should be feeding your dog. Uh, Good. But but yes, of course that pressure's there. And then I think, you know, uh, would you believe that maybe the internet is uh, not as honest as you'd want it to be? Would you believe that other companies maybe pay for studies that uh, oh. say, well, this other dog food's giving your dog cancer. Yeah. So you got to go fresh, man. But this is exactly like, li- you know, listening to Sarah and talking with her, that was that thing of, oh, did it turn out most of the data on this is right. not real data exactly. because when we want to sell something, right. we want to convince you that there is a problem. Yes. And it is easier for us to sell you easy dinners, uh-huh. pre-made dinners, family time. It's also very convenient when we feel we have no control over like kids getting in trouble or bad things happening that we can slap a solution like everybody eats dinner. Right. Kids weren't messed up back then. <laughs> sure. Of course. Sure. Yeah. They weren't. <laughs> and it was all because of dinner. Yeah. It, it's like that quick fix. And then that just spirals into uh, many people crying in their kitchens. Exactly. And the assumption that people aren't trying. That they aren't trying. always is, so wild. I, yeah. Does I make guarantee me angry. no one's coming at this with malice and being like, eh, I'll do a <laughs> shitty job today. No. Everybody's doing their best. Speaking of people doing their best. Yes. Let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. <laughs> Hi, this is a rant. <clears throat> um, October can suck it. Uh, this is really just kind of a list of everything that's gone wrong this month that is driving me to the brink. Uh, first, our washing machine uh, died for a couple of days, and then twice when I had a repairman come out, it magically worked when they were there and then stopped working again. And now it's it's still working magically after the last guy came, and we're just kind of on death watch for it, so we're going to have to buy a new one. Then a couple days later, my husband got in a car accident. That wasn't Mm. his fault. Uh, A few days after that, my uh, service engine light came on. Shortly after that, my daughter got uh, pneumonia. And, gosh, I can't even remember everything now. Um, Now I'm sick. Uh, Now my other daughter is sick. Uh, Our washing, our refrigerator died on Friday, and we are waiting for somebody to come fix it today. Um, On top of all this, we have a guest staying in our house until January, so we have to kind of tend to his needs as well. So we can't just kind of, I don't know, just be. It was raining for Halloween trick or treating. God, my poor kids. Although they are getting the most screen time of their lives. <laughs> sure. I'm sure they are totally fine. <laughs> but you know what? October is almost done. Hopefully November doesn't suck. Hopefully. You're doing a good job. Wow. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Wow. I like the clearing the throat really felt like it was trying to clear the bad, you know, uh, juju away right. uh, somehow. Like it's, you are right. That's a shit show of a month. My God. Uh, but I do love the catchphrase, October yeah. can suck it. October can suck it. October can dong. suck it. <laughs> Trick or treat. It's October. And I've come here to egg your house. No, no, no. No, no, treat, treat. I meant treat. I didn't mean trick. Why? <laughs> wow. There's like nothing. It's sometimes you don't even know it's spiraling yep. until like five or six turns down the mountain. Yeah. In. Like the... 
There, the washing machine. Sure. I fucking hate that. It's the worst. And then there's sickness. And yeah. then there's the car accident. Because the underlying thing here is there's money. Uh-huh. Uh, every single one every of those single things one is of those draining. Things yep. Is dra- I had a similar month recently where I was like, I, the bees in the backyard, uh-huh. the infestation uh, under the house. There was also some car breaks that needed. It was like one of those things where you're like, holy crap. Wow. Why? Where does this money come from? It's so, and I, you just want to explain to the car. Yeah. And I have before yeah. to just be like, well, I'm out of money. Yeah. I, can't, I, I would you. love I would love to take care of this. I know. But I'm out of money. I'm out of so money. So if you can just go ahead and turn <laughs> off that engine light, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be you can just keep working the way you were uh, working before. And then uh, the yeah. fridge. Yeah. And then everybody's sick. And, of course, you're sick because you are depleted. You could not have fought an illness Uh -uh. on your best day. No. I am very sorry. I hope that you got uh, full-size Snickers (laughs) in your trick-or-treat bag. Yes. And I feel very strongly that November is going to be good uh, because the holiday part of it's so far off at the so end. Far. Wait a second. Somebody's staying at your house till January? Yeah, that's, that you, alone that is, can make October suck it. Yeah, that's, that's going to. Uh, that crazy. doesn't bode well for November and December, <laughs> but maybe they can uh, help you fix your car. There we go. That maybe. It's possible. Look, here's the thing you're doing a remarkable job. That's too much. Mm hmm. And you are getting through it, and uh, you will continue to get through it. And I just can't see anything else happening. All the stuff's done. Yeah, there's nothing left. Nothing left. Nothing left. It's going to be great. You're doing perfect. Yep. It's going to get better. You are doing a great job. Renee, what did we learn today? Oh, what did we learn? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We have learned, once again, dogs and children, interchangeable. (laughs) Expensive phrase in the world. <laughs> both expensive. Yes. Okay. Uh, both able to be incredibly rude. Very impossible to control. Impossible to control. They should not go to restaurants or work. No. I got to tell you, I do wonder, like, when uh, Stefan works at a company where there are dogs. Sure. And there was there was even a cat. Oh. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But the who likes to come up to Stefan's uh, table and be like, everything hey. here is fun to knock off. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Adorable. Yeah. Uh, but like, if I was at the front desk, or if I was in, uh, at work, right. anywhere, and like the doors open, which do I want to see less coming yeah. towards me? Like, what's worse to bring to the work? A kid? Your kid? Right. Or your dog? Great question. And I will have to have you back on to yes, talk about to, that to because, like, figure it out. I, because it is like behavioral based. Behavioral based. If you have the cutest, sweetest kid, that yep. one. You uh, want that one. Right. Here. That uh, one's great. Or if you've got the one who just needs constant attention yeah. uh, and thinks it's cute, cute yeah. the precocious, boof, but, no thanks. But then there's also the kid, and these kids definitely exist. Yeah. I have one who <laughs> needs to touch yes. everything. Of course. And just not going to. Watched, I watched one kid once come over to our house and just like went up to like the bookshelf, toy shelf thing. Right. And just like. One by one, just taking them down. Knock, knock, yep. knock, 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 knock. And I was just like, that's a thing. What is happening? Uh, what is happening? Yep. Look at that. Yeah. Look at it happening. Yeah. Right here. Okay. Right? And so, like, I <laughs> work, 
That would be uh, yeah, frowned upon. Probably. Frowned upon. Same sure. with the dog. Same with the dog. Going through your trash. The dogs. Yeah, but if, if you got a yippy dog, or yeah, if you got or a, yippy uh, dog. a dog who's just like, I know that my owner told me that I'm potty trained. Yeah, I would like to prove her wrong. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't want that dog in the office. Right next to the front desk. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I. So I think the real lesson is. Yes. Uh, never take your children or dogs. Anywhere. Anywhere. We nope. should all have cats. Get an isolation booth. <laughs> go ahead and tuck on in. That's where you spend the rest of your life. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, we also learned that dinner it could be bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I still, there are, you know, here's a bowl of Cheerios. That's dinner. There you go. It's You're fine. fine. Not everybody is home at the same time. Right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Let's just start there. Yep. And lots of times. I don't want to eat with my family. No, thanks. I would like to eat by myself. Yes. Read the paper. The joy of the day. Uh-huh. I grew up eating around a television set. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yeah. And so I just feel like anytime we can remind ourselves that if it's stressing us out because it's triggering some sort of doing a bad job feeling, it's probably bullshit. Yeah. Listen listen to that. If, yeah. it, if it feels like, ah, it's too oh, hard. It is. It is. And don't worry about it. <laughs> You're fine. That's right. Don't worry about it. Let's take that message out into the day. Is it too hard? Don't worry about it. It is. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is hard. It is hard. And you are all doing a remarkable job. job. October. Over. Done. November is here. <laughs> and all the joys of the holiday seasons, <laughs> no matter what you celebrate, we all know how fun that's going to be. No <laughs> pressure there. Nope. Super easy. You're going to get through it. You're doing a good job. Renee. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for and having me. People should go right now yes. and listen to your podcast here on the Maximum Fun Network, Can I Pet Your Dog, which is delightful. Thank you. And talks about many of the same things we talk about. Yeah. But related to dogs. Just dogs. If you want to hear more details on yeah. how I'm failing, get yourself on in get, there. Get, get into dogs. dogs. <laughs> get into dogs. Exactly. Uh, you are doing a wonderful job. Thank you. And you are doing a wonderful job. Thank you. <laughs> and we will talk to you, Teresa and I, next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.